top of the morning to you, podcast listeners. I, I regretted that immediately. Um, hey, here's a bonus episode featuring Matt and Tiny. HBO's Boardwalk Empire ended its five-season run a few weeks ago, and they've both been following the show and podcasting about it along the way. You can actually check out Obsessive Viewer episode 33 for their podcast devoted to season four if you haven't heard it yet, but this one is all about season five and the end of the show. I don't watch it. That's why I'm giving you this short intro. Uh, so I'm sure it's a great show. I don't know. Steve Buscemi is pretty cool. Anyway, be sure to check out ObsessiveViewer.com where Matt has reviewed every episode of the final season. And if you're new to our show, please take a look around the website and download some of the other episodes that might interest you. A uh, quick plug, just because I can, this episode is brought to you by my band, As Good As It Gets. We just released our first EP, Something Old, and you can download it on Bandcamp for free, which is awesome. Free is the best kind of anything. Uh, you can find it at asgoodasitgetsband.bandcamp.com or do that usual search on Facebook or Google or however you find music uh, anywhere. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Sorry I couldn't be with you guys for this episode, but I hope you'll enjoy Matt and Tiny anyway. See you guys. Uh, we can just go with the 21st part. Like the 21st Amendment repealed the prohibition. High five. Yeah. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Uh, this is Matt and joining me today across from me is Tiny. And he's hilarious today. I am pretty hilarious Matt today. Didn't- <laughs> <laughs> Matt wouldn't high five me. I My wouldn't. awesome 21st Amendment joke. It was, it was a 21st Amendment joke. Uh-huh. No, it was good, Tiny. It was good. It was. My it's, hand doesn't know that because you wouldn't high five it. But well, your hand goes through a lot anyway. Jeez. <laughs> Whoa. X rated over here. Anyway, um, <laughs> so today we're. This is a bonus episode devoted to the series finale and last season and the series as a whole of Boardwalk Empire, HBO's prohibition gangster drama, which. If I put uh, Mike's intro in, uh, you guys already know. So before we get started, I just want to mention that we recorded a bonus episode devoted to Boardwalk Empire Season 4 and the seasons preceding it last year. And you can find that. It's it's uh, episode 33 of the podcast. The link's in the show notes and all that. So if you want more Boardwalk or want the precursor to this episode, go back and listen to that one. I'm actually really proud of it. So <clears throat> It was fun. Yeah, it was good. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, Tiny. We do. Um, where do you want to start? Should we go? <laughs> Just it's it's so much to process the yeah. entire series as a whole, and we talked about a lot of it uh, last year. We already covered like where our where we started with the with the uh, with the show. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about starting off the fifth season? Just just. Because by the when we recorded last year's episode, it, it was announced that it was renewed for a fifth season. We didn't know that it was going to be the last season. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about how we felt about the show ending and how we felt about the show ending with a shortened season? So okay. where were you? Where were you? Where were you the day they announced it would be the last season? Well, it all starts in a. Uh... Crowded little hospital in Indianapolis <gasps> in 1987. <gasps> Callback. 
all back. Did you listen to the episode? I did. Nice. <laughs> that is awesome. I didn't finish it. How did it end? Uh, uh you know, I don't, uh, you know. Um, that was, but, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, no, but, uh, nice. I honestly don't remember. I think you told me. Probably. That, Cause you know, you're always on top of all the news and everything. Well, Facebook tells me things. <laughs> <laughs> you're friends with Mark Zuckerberg? No. Facebook tells Let's you. save that for the David Fincher retrospective. Ooh. Yes. Committed to it now. Now we have to do it. Boom. End of January. Last two weeks of January. Gee, whoa. Pump the brakes, buddy. <laughs> it's on the boards. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I'm pretty sure you told me about it, and I was like, huh? I was, I was bummed, because why, man? I know. Just why? Well, I um, know exactly why, actually. Yeah. It, you know, it didn't hit me as hard as I thought it would, because mm-hmm. um, for, some, for some reason with this show, I always seemed to like process it immediately the episode and then the seasons mm-hmm. and i just kind of like push it from my memory until it came back the next season okay i don't know why i never it just never sat with me for very long which that's not really a comment on the show itself i was gonna ask it's just how i dealt with it i don't know why I don't, for some reason i never just never really uh let it marinate i guess do you and it, that's weird because that seems like kind of the uh that seems pretty in uh antithetical to the actual show pretty much because absolutely it's, it's a very dense show it's so immersive yeah oh yeah and it's it requires a lot of you know dedication dedication pretty yeah. much i mean which i have not been very well dedicated to the show because i've never rewatched any of it right which none of it yeah which i'll get to when we get to my turn on this but mm-hmm. um so did you feel like upset or anything? Because I know that we talked about how I mean I talked about like oh they could really take it to the end of prohibition they can mm-hmm. go for another six years, and well, I, I was a little bummed, but at the same time I was like, I I think five seasons for a show is like kind of perfect. There's always exceptions, but um, right, and I think this show is one of them. But uh, an exception, exception, yeah, okay. I think it's an exception to that, but uh. At the time, I was like, well, you know, five seasons is kind of perfect. 60 episodes right around there. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it'll be a good thing. Um, but that was naive tiny. That was a year ago <laughs> naive tiny. Right. Um, not not thinking in the context of this show and how unique it is to television, mm-hmm. really. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I, just, I had kind of a flippant opinion when I heard about it. Um, and now I'm, I'm regretting that opinion. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, where I was when, when it, when it, came to pass that it would be the final season was that if i remember correctly it was kind of a it was kind of a staggered announcement it was like hey by the way fifth season is going to be the last season and then a few months later it's like oh yeah that final season it's going to be eight episodes (sighs) yeah which we'll get to that in a second but when i heard that it was the final season i was like well that's expected it was because the the ratings have never been that great it doesn't have the appeal that people that that hbo kind of counted on it to have Mm -hmm. um it premiered in the fall before Game of Thrones premiered, so HBO had two huge niche dramas. That are both expensive, That too. are both so, so expensive. And, uh, and I mean, Boardwalk Empire is extremely expensive. For, I, I think it was because of the price. I, I don't know... I don't know exactly if this is if this is the reason or anything, but after two three seasons, they lost their boardwalk set. 
Really? Like, yeah, like the set, like they couldn't afford to have it anymore. I remember reading at one point that it was the largest television set ever. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And it was not movie, but television. Right. Um, and it was it was amazing. Oh, it was. And like you think every time they shot there, they had to use a ton of CGI. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So they so they lost that, and and it's I assume that that's just a cost cutting measure. Right. Um, and I mean I think just the fact that that Game of Thrones was such such a huge massive hit yeah didn't really do much for boardwalk empire because i can just imagine i mean hbo is pretty pretty progressive in terms of executive in in terms of uh in terms of knowing what the sh- what their product is right and how it per- how it can perform and everything but it's also like okay well game of thrones is this kind of you know high fantasy series that's m- killing everything yeah beheading the competition except for walking dead <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. and uh and then oh hey here's boardwalk empire this gangster drama why isn't this performing but it's rooted in history yeah yeah as opposed to fantasy yeah and i mean i think that if i remember correctly we probably talked about this before but it's just it's it was a show that somewhat like its main character existed in a time where it uh couldn't really keep up with with uh, the rest of its industry or whatever. That's a really hard way hard way of saying that Nucky didn't really belong in the gangster world. It was a bit of an anachronism, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, and and like I knew that it was like there was there's a bunch of writing on the wall. For one thing, Terrence Winter. Um, who's awesome. He's, he's, he's so awesome. If you've heard him, yeah, if you've heard him in interviews and stuff, he's like, he's like this really cool guy. Um, but he, okay. So, so the show was announced for its final season at the time. And currently, uh, Terrence winter is working on a rock and roll drama for HBO set in the seventies starring, uh, Bobby Cannavale. Hmm. So the writing on the wall of that is that he's and, and uh, there's conjecture that that Boardwalk Empire turned into an ensemble an ensemble where he wanted a Nucky focused story. And so I feel like maybe he was a little dis uh, uh um dis disenfranchised by the fact that Boardwalk Empire became about the sub supporting characters, the historical mm-hmm. characters, Al Capone, yeah. Luciano, Rothstein to an extent, uh, you know, <laughs> Van Alden. Yeah. And, and Harrow and Chalky, Narcisse, Jip, all that. <laughs> so, and I feel like maybe it's just, it just wasn't the show that he wanted to be making. And, and it's something that they say, <clears throat> he says, he says in interviews that, yeah, halfway through four, halfway through writing the fourth season, we had Nucky in in Tampa with this whole plot with uh, um, <clears throat> wow, what is her Patricia Arquette? Patricia Arquette. I don't remember the character's name. Roxy? No, um, I can't remember. But yeah. um, I have no idea where I got Roxy from. I don't know either. Yeah. But we have this whole plot with him, and it, it's he's kind of he's kind of feeling like maybe I should be getting out. Maybe I should find a way to mm-hmm. to go legit and all that. And they're like, this is this was a lot quicker than we anticipated for this character. And if you watch in season four, 
<clears throat> Nucky's not really that in in it or very no. involved in the season. Right. <clears throat> in fact, and that's one of the I hesitate to say best things about season four, but it it led to the show focusing on Chalky and and Narcisse, which Chalky is one of the best characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like between him having him him running a show that is underperforming drastically from HBO's expectations and wanting to wanting to jump ship and go do this rock and roll series and have um and and kind of kind of start over I guess on something fresh I can see why like he he said halfway through season 4 is when they decided that it would end with season 5 but I feel like it's more like a Hey Terry, mm-hmm. the show's not doing that well. Um, how about we give you eight episodes and we end it? Right. Because and then we'll dive into the whole shortened season discussion here. But because when when it was announced that it was like eight episodes, Terrence, Terrence Winter would say, "Yeah, we found found out that you know we really only need eight episodes to finish up." And I'm like, "Do you though?" Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like you could have gone for twelve or thirteen. Oh yeah. And. uh yeah, so so what did you think about the all that? The shortened season, all that stuff. Um like I said, I was just so detached from it mm-hmm. before the season started. I didn't think much of it, but I remember as the season was going, you would often say, like, I can't believe there's only six episodes left. I can't believe there's only five episodes left. How are they gonna wrap this up in four episodes? <laughs> there's three epi you know. Yeah. Um and, and I started to feel that that you know rush or that like you know i can't i can't think of the word um uh, anxiety yeah something like that mm-hmm. but yeah i just i started to feel that as well a uh, sense of urgency mm-hmm. um but it I, I didn't start to feel it till like halfway through the season but um yeah it just it seemed like they they stretched a lot of stuff out in the in the last season which was weird because they only had eight episodes. Right. I mean, like the the flashbacks were yeah. terrific. Some of my favorite scenes of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Love the flashbacks. Nice. That's a, that's total bias because I love flashbacks in general. Right. Um, thank you, Damon Lindelof. Um, nice. And so I, I love them, but at the same time, I was like, "There's so much other stuff going on." Yeah. And it's like, "This is your last season, bro." Like, come on, <laughs> let's let's simmer down. Right. Um. So yeah, it it was just such a it was such a strange season. The season just felt so out of place, really, in the context of the show. Yeah, it felt really out of place, and I think part of it is the fact that it was only eight episodes, right? And also the time jump. It the, didn't all the time, yeah, the time jump is the biggest thing. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like eight episodes in in those first few episodes before the pressure started to mount. Like, hey, they're they're ending it pretty soon, and they're spending a lot of time with Nucky figuring out that he needs to be that he's going to become sheriff or something like that mm-hmm. um but the, but in those first few episodes i'm like this is like this is the show it, it felt like pace pace wise this was the show that boardwalk empire needed to be to be successful mm-hmm. because it was a lot quicker like you had that first episode yeah. was was nucky seeing seeing lansky in cuba and then there there being an assassination attempt and putting it together that it was that it was Lansky and uh, Luciano that's behind it and all that mm-hmm. and it's just like all that in one episode and then there's there's better examples in, in episodes after that 
But like that would stretch like a couple episodes in a mm-hmm. normal season. And there's right. a lot of stuff like that. Like, And they skipped that entire war, that territory <laughs> war, basically between Luciano and Lansky and, uh, and uh, Nucky. Cause they, you mean later in the season? Yeah. Yeah. Like they basically yeah. were, like they gathered a bunch of guys at the club and they're like, we're going to go to war basically. And you, you literally see no second of it. They really did. And, and it's, uh, which is just so against the character of the show. Yeah. And it's funny because in, in, uh, let's see, it was in season three when, when they went to war against Jip Rossetti. Exactly. They had like, like the whole season. Oh yeah. And, and when they, when they kind of did the whole like, okay, like basically that same situation mm-hmm. in season three, that episode that ended, uh, it was the, I think it was the second to last episode of season three. Um, out where, where Eli comes back to come back, comes back to Atlantic city with reinforcements. And he's like, Oh God, that's such a great scene. I'm just going to, I'm just going to repeat it. Um, <laughs> where, Eli go. Eli brings back reinforcements from from Chicago, uh, and and Nucky walks up, sees all the guys, and he sees he sees he sees Eli, and he's like, "Did you you struck a deal with Torio?" And then Eli's like, "No, I struck a deal with him." And then he and then Al, Al Capone comes up, yeah, and he's just like he's got like that grin, and he's got a cigar, and then he's like. We've been, I'm gonna butcher the accent, but you, yeah, you are. Yeah, shouldn't it's try like, it. Uh, I shouldn't. I, well, I tried. The, I tried a Harrow uh, impression last year, so I'll try yeah. this. It's like we've been on the. I can't do it. We, he's he was like, imagine Stephen Graham. Um, <laughs> we've been on the road for 18 hours. I need I need a bath. I need some chow, and then you and me sit down and we talk about who dies. Uh. I'm like, that's such a great way to end an episode. And then the, the following episode, the finale, it opens with just a montage of just death. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and the counterpoint to that in this season is that the finale opens with, I believe it was the, no, it was the, the, the second to the penultimate episode of the series. Um, it opens with basically news coverage. Yeah. Uh, which actually, I've, I've, if I'm not mistaken, I think a, a, a few, a, some of those photos are like actual scenes. Yeah, from, it looked like it. Yeah, um, from turf wars or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk because we got kind of a little bit ahead of ourselves, just a little bit. But let's talk about the time jump. Mm-hmm. Um, before season five, I when they announced that there would be a time jump, seven years between seasons four and season five, I was so mad because. For one thing, season four, and I don't know if this is necessarily a, a popular opinion. Um, I can't. It's kind of kind of uh, a little um, shaky when you ask the fan base of the show. But season four could quite possibly be my favorite season of the show. Nice, and it's because it's so well put together, mm-hmm. and it comes together so well, and it ends on such a strong note for. Um, for everyone, really, all the storylines kind of just—it's—it's it's my favorite way that the show takes all these loose threads and ties them together. Because mm-hmm. that finale, uh, farewell, Daddy Blues, is just one of my favorite episodes of the series because it resolves everything so well, and it, there's so much, there's so many breadcrumbs left mm-hmm. that could have led to better storylines. I mean, yeah, you have, and I referenced it in last year. Um, we referenced it last year in the episode, but I mean Van Alden and um, 
Eli. Like they're, they're meeting because Eli's going into exile. He's he's going to Chicago, and we get a lot of good Eli and Van Alden stuff in season five. But it also left me thinking like they should have got these characters together like three seasons ago. Yeah, and. And I felt like that that chemistry was just really, really cut down, or that those characters, that arc between those two characters was cut down severely by this time jump in the shortened season. And then also just the whole fact of J. Edgar Hoover and and uh, um, Narcisse. Oh, no, and and Narcisse. We'll get to Elliot Ness. Yeah. Um, and Narcisse at the end of season four it was like he flipped him, and it's for to go after Marcus Garvey, who's a who's a historical character. But it's also like that just felt like the second that I saw Narcisse in season five, I'm like, all right, where's Hoover? Where what's the where's yeah. that thread? But it's just dropped. Yeah. Um It's really unfortunate. It really is. Yeah, they dropped but, all their basically all the story threads. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the fourth season. Yeah. So so the time jump I'll i I'll start uh, let's just let's go into this. Arnold Rothstein, man. They, yeah. First of all, they skipped so many historical things, um, mm-hmm. and they, they, I mean, they reference them. I mean, Rothstein is his name is passed around, and and he, it's part of the plot for the first for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. But and, and then like there's Al Capone watching the newsreel that references the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which happened in twenty eight, twenty nine. Sounds right. Something like that, where he yeah. took out like a bunch of competition or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then also Luciano getting the droopy eye and and all that stuff. Which mm-hmm. the story? Do you know the story behind that? I don't. Okay, it's something like I think in twenty eight or twenty nine he was jumped or something, and they they put a bag over his head, threw him in a car, and just like basically damn near killed him. Mm-hmm. And then he was found and he he survived and all that. I think, I think that's where the nickname Lucky came came from. I see, uh, and that's why he had like the kind of droopy eye right. and all that, like nerve damage, uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, so how do you feel about the time jump and skipping all that stuff? Yeah, it it just threw a wrench into any momentum that they had built with the end of the fourth season. Because that you're right, that fourth season finale was such a crescendo that was just beautiful. Um, and they just the song ended, and they <laughs> went into the next one, and it was just terrible. They just, right. like I said, they just lost all their momentum. Um, it was, and like I was, I was bummed to not see a lot of the historical stuff too that you had told me about because I, I actually I don't know the history of it very well, mm-hmm. um, but I know you've looked at a lot of the special features and stuff like that. Yeah. And they, they've mentioned it. Um, Man, those Blu-rays. Yeah, but. Um, so I wasn't as familiar with it. I I think it probably meant more to you than it did to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it yeah it just it just totally changed the dynamic of the show. Yeah um, yeah it's it's it was just not a good choice basically. Yeah. I mean this is the only way to put it. It wasn't a good choice. Oh yeah. I would have I would have rather had them follow the. I think I would have rather had them follow those storylines mm-hmm. and just end it. Twelve or thirteen episodes just end, follow those storylines and those storylines and that's the end of the series. As opposed to what sure. they did, maybe. I don't know. I could see them peppering in time jumps throughout a 13-episode season. Yeah. Like hitting marks. Ma- right. Maybe not throughout a season, but I mean, because a lot of that stuff is really important historically mm-hmm. to, to the story being told. There's also, um, I, I, this is off the top, this is just from memory. I don't know the history that well, but 
uh, Nucky Johnson, the historical counterpart to Nucky Thompson, mm-hmm. he hosted an Atlantic City conference of all these gangsters that was pretty much the precursor to Luciano. I think it, I think it was pretty much the precursor to Luciano wanting to do the syndicate stuff and mm-hmm. all that. And it's like this big moment in gangster history, and it's just gone. Now, they – in season three, after uh, 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 after Jip blows up Babette's show club, uh, Nucky does have like a version of that. And mm-hmm. I mean – and I understand that that – yeah, it, it would be redundant to show the actual one. But it's also – I don't know. It feels a little strange – or it feels a little – crappy that they skipped over so much history i mean even hell the stock market crash yeah that's a huge huge moment right and and that also is another reason that the time jump was a concern for me is that not only did it change or did it did it do away with a lot of the momentum that the series had built up to that point it also changed fundamentally changed the tone and atmosphere of the series. It brought the series from the roaring twenties into the start of the depression. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I, and I was so nervous about that going in, but in that first episode when Margaret, uh, Margaret is at work and her boss, I think his name was Bennett. Um, he's, he's, that that is one of my favorite scenes of the series. It's really good. Like he is basically he's doing this big motivational speech talking about how he saw like he's like, "Yeah, I saw I saw a picture with like a movie um last night and the the cartoon before it was this and it was inspired hope and all that stuff or it's like this very very rousing morale boost thing and then he just takes out a pistol and shoots himself in the head. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like that is such a great way to establish this new era for the characters Mm because it's, they're not in the, they're not in an age of decadence anymore. Right. And it's so, it was so effective. Yeah. There was such a cultural shift. Yeah. During that time period. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So season five, um, first of all, before, before season five started, I, I had been buying up all like I mentioned last year. I bought up all the seasons on DVD on Blu-ray. Um, actually, I waited to buy season four, um, and I actually got it with a with an Amazon gift card. You got me for my birthday. Aww. Yeah. So I actually pre-ordered it, and man, Amazon's great. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so I basically sat down a month before the season five premiere and was like, I'm going to rewatch the entire series. <laughs> And that's exactly what I did. You did. <laughs> yes. And I wrote reviews on obsessiveviewer.com, links in the show notes. Um, but it's, it's f- very interesting to watch that show from the beginning mm-hmm. in that, in such a, such a quick, quick, uh, quick time frame. <laughs> Cause it's a show that sits with you. And even though I knew all the, all the big moments and everything, I saw how they tied together. It was like looking into the code of the matrix. Um, cause I could see everything, all the pieces moving and everything. And, <laughs> um, and I knew very early on, I was like, it was felt so weird that they were jumping seven years in the future mm-hmm. and in season, like as early as season one, there are just overt references to the Godfather mm-hmm. and Terrence Winter has said in interviews like, yes, I'm. I plan on making references to the Godfather any chance I get because it's the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And 
and then I started thinking about Godfather Part Two and and knowing that there was going to be flashbacks and in in the new season, and I was just like, Tommy Darmody is going to come back and kill Nucky mm-hmm. at the end of the series. Yeah, but <laughs> dude, you predicted it even more so, more I perfectly. Did because you said that it was going to be Tommy Darmody interspersed with scenes from flashbacks of Nucky. Yeah. Basically picking up Jillian. Right. I was like, D- you called it to a freaking T, bro. I did. And I am someone who is so, like, if you listen to that episode last year, I was so, I talk about how I was so sure that, oh, yeah, Richard Harrow is going to be the new, like, muscle for Nucky. Yeah. And I was way off base. <laughs> and so much with shows, I'm so off base with everything. Yeah. And so when I hit something so much on the head yeah. like that, it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> and what sucked is that I came to that that theory because, cause it, I mean, I felt like it was it had been a while since I saw Godfather Part 2, which um I forgot that we have a, we have a Gangsters Movies episode coming up on the podcast, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to prep for that. Anyway, um, anyway, so I'm just, I'm really excited. Um, I can tell. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, cause I've been just steeped in Boardwalk Empire and I'm like, it makes me want to seek out all these other, all these other works. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so when I came to that idea, I was like, yeah, I think Tommy did cause the, the timeline will, will match up. He'll be old enough to where he'll be in his mid teens. He'll probably be pissed that his dad's dead. Um, <laughs> he'll probably be upset that, that, well, I, I don't think I really put together that he would, um, have Jillian on his mind or anything like that. But mm-hmm. just the, I don't know. And then when the season started, episode three, I think is where, um, Travis Tope's character, Joe Harper slash Tommy Darmody, mm-hmm. is introduced, and they made it just so obvious from the start. Mm. And it was so disappointing to me because the first scene, his first scene, Mickey is going up to a group of people that a group of vagrants and is like, hey, who wants to make some money? And then he's and then as soon as he says it's for like who wants to work for Nucky Thompson? Like you see Joe jump up and he's like, yeah, I'll, how about me? And he's like making a case. I'm like, yeah. And he has the same mannerisms as Michael Pitt. This is mm-hmm. Tommy Darmody. They were hitting us over the head with it. They really were. And Which then there was so, so that's really uncharacteristic of the show. Yeah. And it's just really heavy handed. It really is. I, it's, it's not, not something I would have expected from the show at all. Yeah. And like, I remember when after that episode aired, you were like, so what did you think about that scene at the end with, with uh, Doyle asking for volunteers? I was like, oh, I don't know. I didn't really think of it that much. And then you were like, what about the kid at the end who like volunteered and they like seemed to focus on it all? And I was like, yeah, that was kind of weird. And he's like, do you know, do you have any theories about who that might be? And I was like, <laughs> Tommy Darmody? And you were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it did, it, it, they were hitting us over the head with it. But like I said, I was just, I'm so detached from the show. I was just, yeah. I didn't pick up on it. But as soon as he said something, I was like, that's Tommy freaking Darmody. Yeah. And it's like, it's not so much that, it's not so much that they did it. Okay. I've made, I like the fact that they did it. I thought it was a really cool way to end it, but it, you just saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. And maybe I'm clouded by the, by the fact that I saw it coming so, so, I saw it coming before season five even aired. Yeah. Um, 
that maybe that's clouding my, my appreciation of it. And, and I will say that I rewatched that scene like two or three times mm-hmm. before even posting my review of the episode. I think I even referenced this in the review. I'm like, I've seen this like three times now and it's, it's a really, really incredible scene. It is. Um, it's actually, it's a beautiful scene, mm-hmm. but the problem is just like they hit us over the head. They had, they had that, they had the scene where, where Doyle, it, it was a lot of fun having like Doyle play off him and stuff throughout and like Mickey, mm-hmm. uh, play off with, play off, play off of him throughout the season. Play with him. But, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, it was really, <laughs> trying to do his laugh. I can't do his laugh. I can't, I that can't little either. chuckle he does. It's so great though. It is. But, um, Paul Sparks is amazing, but yeah. He, they had scenes between those two, and I'm like, okay, that's 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 cool. I like the character, I like the dynamic that they're setting up. But there are scenes where he's like, where Mickey makes a makes a reference to to the kids to the kids' mother to the kids' parents. He's 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 like, yeah, your your father sold me your mother or whatever, something like that. And it's like it's just a it's just a throwaway line, a joke, just a, something to get a rise out of him. And then like, and then not Tommy Darmody is like. Uh, he's like my father. It's like, uh, dude. And then yeah. there's the whole thing of like when he first meets Nucky. He's like, yeah, I'm Joe Harper, and he's and and Travis Tope is amazing. He he was good. He was so good in yeah. this show, and he's good in Men, Women, and Children. He's good in uh, the Town, the Dreaded Sundown. He's a really good actor, and I'm really looking forward to his to his career from here on out. But it's I, just the writing. Yeah, and I think. Of those three performances you just listed, I think Boardwalk's probably his best performance. I think so too. Well, I haven't seen Down the Dread Sundown, right? Um, but I can't imagine it's better than the other two, <laughs> right? Um, but he, I mean, when you, and when you think about what he did, he came in in the last season of a heavy hitting show like this with yeah. some top notch freaking actors and just hung with them every step of the way. That was that's really impressive for such a young guy. I, it I, really is. I was really impressed with him. Yeah, and he uh, just, but, but it's just the fact that he came in. Like, I made the remark, like, okay, they if they wanted to include him in, like, they, if they wanted to clue us into it, they could have done it so much differently. They could have had him. It's seven years in the future from season four. He could have been a character that that's just part of the outfit from the start. He, they didn't need to show him showing up and right. going there. Oh, yeah. They could have just been like, oh, hey, Mickey's got a little buddy. A little more cloak and dagger with it. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, and it just, and, and it, like there's even in, in the episode, the, the second to last episode of the series, I think, uh, there's a shot, and I posted this in my review, and someone posted it on Reddit also, that there is a scene where Mickey hands, Joe slash Tommy a gun and Nucky sees him. He's like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he, and it's like, if you freeze frame it, it's literally the gun is pointing right at Nucky. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's in Joe's hand. It's pointing at, it's like a visual cue that is so, so overt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even, and, and we haven't even talked about the whole, the, the thing about, and we're all over the place. Um, yeah. but, just like the last season, pretty much, <laughs> and we haven't even talked about like Nucky, um, Nucky waking up after being beaten up by those two women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just sounds so goofy. It does. But him waking up and seeing Joe and being like, like, it, like, like referring to him as if he's Jillian. It's like you can't get more obvious yeah, than that, right? 
Um, right. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that we talk about how heavy handed it was and how they were hitting us over the head with it. Mm-hmm. My, my parents both watched this show oh, and they watched really? it from the beginning and we, we talk about it every once in a while. And so before the finale, mm-hmm. we were having dinner and we were talking about it and, and I was like, yeah, Matt has this whole theory. I was like, you know, the, the, the guy who's kind of helping out Doyle, his name's Joe Harper and, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 the young guy and stuff. I was like, Matt has this theory that he's Tommy Darmody. And I told him the whole theory. They were like, wow. Like, they they had not, they didn't have wow. that in, inclination at all. Like, huh. it was. You just, ru- you ruined the finale for them. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. Um, but you look awesome. <laughs> you look brilliant. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so m- maybe the average viewer didn't see it coming. Maybe. Maybe you've got to be an obsessive viewer. To, oh, that's so lame. Really? Yeah. I don't even really? have alcohol to. How? I don't even have alcohol or sleep deprivation to to make up for that. <laughs> uh, to as an excuse, but yeah, yeah. So okay, let's let's get this back on track. Let's <laughs> let's table that discussion for for a bit. We'll we'll save Nucky's arc through the season for like kind of last. Okay. But let's go through each of the different like arenas of combat a reason arenas of of narrative like mm-hmm. so let's start with chicago mm-hmm. al capone van alden eli yeah go um <laughs> <laughs> um you know i felt like throughout the season capone was not that interesting really um he hit some huge marks in the finale but throughout the season, I just didn't find him all that interesting, really, because um, he he was just too he was too much of a stereotype. Huh. I mean, I Al Capone is the stereotype. I mean, you know <laughs> right. what I mean. So he had to play it that way. There's no other way to play it. I'm just saying. No. You knew it was it was just so predictable, and you just knew what was going to happen. You know what kind of character you're dealing with. Um, but uh, the whole Van Alden and Eli oh, dynamic. Man made it watchable and made it yeah. funny and uh yeah that was like it was like a almost like a buddy comedy i was i was just gonna I mean, say that's i think in one of my reviews are references like they have the best buddy comedy movie and it's on hbo or something <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah so that's what that felt like and you know the two actors uh um uh, michael uh Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. And Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum. Is that his name? Shea Wiggum? Yep. Yeah. They uh, they were just great together. Yeah. And I mean, they really hadn't had but a couple scenes together the whole series, really? Right. I think the only like scene, like a couple, maybe two scenes in season one. There was one scene where uh, <laughs> uh, it was after, if you remember, season one, first episode, Jimmy and Capone take out like five guys like, like they, they take out five guys in the woods it's the big big inciting incident for the series pretty much and it's the one that they pinned they pinned on uh margaret's husband at the end of the premiere mm-hmm. but the, one of the guys is alive and they basically one of the guys is alive and so the second episode is about them keeping him alive or like trying to kill him and all that and mm-hmm. Van Alden is like Eli's the sheriff he's in the room with the guy he's trying to smother him and then Van Alden walks in that's right and it's such a great scene yeah um so yeah it was yeah. it was fun seeing them together for this last season oh, it was so great. they worked together incredibly well 
Um, Why must one there of, always one of the, be pandemonium? Yeah, one of the highlights of the season was those two yeah. together. That, yeah, but just Chicago in general. Up until the finale, I just didn't find it all that interesting for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I much preferred uh, Luciano and Siegel and Lansky yeah. in New York. I, I liked what they were doing, setting up the syndicate and uh, battling with Nucky. Yeah. I found that more interesting. Um, the whole Chicago storyline was just tying up storylines. You know... And I think what I liked so much about it is I, I, I like the history of just like Capone and stuff a, a, a lot more. There just wasn't much history there, though, in the show. Well, yeah. It was basically just Capone in an office being loud and obnoxious. And that's that's one of the things that it, 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 I don't know if this is budgetary reasons or just a lack of need for, for changing in scenery or whatever. But he's in that he's in that suite the entire season. Yeah. Um, so that was a little stale. But yeah. It's I I felt like it was really great at illustrating his his erratic behavior and how and it built up to uh, eventually Van Alden's end, mm-hmm. which I think we should set aside time like time specifically to talk about just the character deaths this season, but we'll do that later after this whole like uh, regional thing mm-hmm. <laughs> geography geography thing, but um. I felt like it was a really good, a really good representation of his erratic behavior, and that led to a lot of tension later in the season. And it was, it was just a really, I mean, seeing Stephen Graham take that character and make him like, I, I thought he did just a great performance throughout the whole series. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't, I take nothing away from him. Yeah, and yeah. this season was like the overdrive thing. He's a coked out guy who, and they don't really. They didn't explore this and everything, but I mean, he eventually. Do you know? Did you read like how his no. how Al Capone like actually ended up? No. Really? Well, let me take you, let me give you a history lesson. <laughs> um, Al Capone goes to prison. He it it find he finds out that he has syphilis, like like uh. like severe like syphilis, and it's like it rooted in like it reaches his brain and and wow. he like his. His his mental faculties basically degrade, and it ends like he died like maybe ten years later. Hmm. Like he was in prison, left prison. There's there's a story. I don't know how true this is. I maybe uh, I don't know how true this is, but uh, there's stories that like when after prison, like he like he had like the mental like doctors diagnose like uh, diagnose his his brain activity is like he had the he had the mental capacity of a 12 year old Jeez. like that's how much the syphilis rotted his brain and there's stories of him sitting by the pool with a fishing pole in his home wow yeah and it's just like it's it's something that and like his whole there's on wikipedia if you wikipedia al capone and go to where it says prison and after prison and death like read that and imagine that in a montage with Stephen Graham and just it, it something about it just brings it together for me. Hmm. Um, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, but, but the shiny, the shining part of the Chicago storyline was the relationship between Van Alden and, uh, Eli. Yeah. Um, and I, I want, and I mentioned this, I made a big, I felt kind of dumb, um, or ill-informed, because I was so excited because I start, – at the start of the season, I was like, huh, so Al Capone is – this is like right before Al Capone 
like gets get the it's going to be the Al Capone story. He's going to he's going to go to jail and all that. His downfall. His downfall. And I'm like Elliot Ness. <laughs> yeah. Like I was under the impression he was a big part of that and it turns out that he was he was a PR person. Like it mm. was like it was like the whole untouchables story. That's just a fabrication. That's not oh, how wow. it happened. I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. I just assumed that he was like that was a bit that was history. Yeah. Um but apparently it's not. And huh. And I love that they – I retroactively loved that they called attention to that, that they made a little wink to that because the only time you see Ness is – Talking to press. Talking to press. Yeah. There's there's one scene with an HBO alum, uh, Jim True Frost from The Wire, mm-hmm. uh, where he's talking to the press. He's saying like, I'm going to go after Al Capone. And then the only other reference to Elliot Ness throughout the entire season is, is uh, Eli talking out of his ass after uh, – but either before, like right before or right after, uh, Van Alden gets shot in the head. Yeah. It's like he's like Ness. Ness turned us and all that to, the you know, save his ass. But fucking Kevin Costner, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not a fan of Kevin Costner. Yeah, me neither. I'm gonna see the show though for the Gangsters episode. <laughs> I think probably. Um. So yeah, the Chicago storyline was cool. I liked it probably more than you did, Tiny. But yeah. To yeah. each their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mentioned last year in the episode that, and hopefully, I hope I'm not talking too much over you or anything like that, but I mentioned in last year's episode that I've, I've, I'd wanted, I was so interested in the Capone story that I wanted a spinoff with Capone. Yeah. yeah. But um, reading about, or like seeing Luciano, Lansky, and Bugsy Siegel doing all that. I'm like, man, if they did a if they did a spin-off with them and like especially with like Bugsy with, with like Siegel in like Vegas and how like the mob just built Vegas pretty much, mm-hmm. that would be such a cool show. Yeah. And uh I think and I don't know the history that well, but I mean, I just I just assume like, well, you know, all of the organized crime was kind of working together like the whole the whole syndicate thing was kind of there wasn't really that much that much drama between them, I don't think. Yeah. In the in the start of Vegas. Like I think <laughs> like there's people saying like, yeah, Vegas was a lot better when the mob ran it. <laughs> um but I mean there is like do you know how do you know what happened with Bugsy Siegel? Didn't he eventually make it out to LA? Or am I thinking of someone else? No. Okay. He he and Lansky like go way back. They're like BFS. Mm-hmm. Um and then Lansky, Meyer Lansky, basically, and and they 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 kind of hint at this in in season two of Boardwalk Empire, two or three, like one of the first scenes that you see Bugsy Siegel in, um, Benny Siegel in the show. He's he's running uh he's running the the back back room card table, uh, for Lansky and and uh, uh Luciano, but you see him like very subtle a very subtle uh, peek at him, like stealing some of the chips. So he basically, I think he likes, he like built the Flamingo hotel in Vegas. I I think. Okay. And like he, he was an integral part of like casinos and stuff there, but he basically, the story goes, this is from memory from a Wikipedia article. So, I mean, do your own research. If you're, if you're interested in this, don't take my word for it. But there was like three instances in like, 40s or 50s i think where um 
Bugsy Siegel was caught stealing from the casino, like hmm. taking money from the casino. And like the whole, like the, the group that, that was like in charge of everything was like talking to, talking to Meyer Lansky. And it was like, so Lansky, <laughs> so Meyer, he kind of stole from us. We need to, you know, kill him. He's like, no, no, he's a friend. It's okay. You know, all that huh. three times this happens. And then finally, like the third time, I think he, I think he wrestled with it, but Lansky was like, all right, you gotta take him out. And they ended like, he ended up getting murdered for it. Wow. Um, and I think that there was like Lansky lived to like to his eighties or something. And wow. I think, I think there was something that he said, um, he said, he said something about how he really regretted that, that he, that Siegel died or something. He basically implied like he was, he was involved in the hit mm-hmm. or involved in, in call like making like, the decision. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that would be so cool to see in a show. It would. They really would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But bringing it back to Boardwalk, um, I really liked the sentiment of, of Luciano starting, wanting to start the syndicate and as a byproduct of that, taking out all the old bosses and stuff. Yeah. I mean... Is that historically accurate too? Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. Like the scene, the where he, where he kills Mazaria. That's like a real like that happened. Okay. Um, the uh, Maranzana's death isn't exactly how it happened, but I mean, I right. think it's it's pretty historically accurate. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's definitely not exactly how it happened because a fictional a, a fictional character shot him in the head in the show because Eli yeah. shot him in the head. Yeah. Um, and I don't Eli's not no. Um, anyway, but. I liked it. I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked that it, it brought some good tension to it, and it and it kind of really brought forth the theme of the season, which was that um, Nucky doesn't really belong anymore. He's he's, he's kinda, old news. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's new blood in in gangsterism, <laughs> organized crime, organized crime, and yeah. it's and it's pushing the old blood out. I mean, it's just yeah. you know whatever. Um, yeah, I liked the New York story stuff a lot more. Yeah, the New York guys. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, <laughs> the the guy who plays Bugsy Siegel's freaking amazing. My God, I loved him, Michael Z something. I can't remember. Yeah, but he's uh, he's also HBO alum. He was in Girls. Oh, really? Yeah. Was he also in the show Girls? <sighs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. how is he in girls? Cause I still haven't seen that show and I don't really want to. He's annoying as <laughs> shit and I wanted to backhand him just like every other freaking character in that show. Nice. Ugh. God, that show. <laughs> um, yeah, the New York storylines are a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, everything was just so rushed. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would have yeah. been nice to see it play out a little, a little more thoroughly. Yeah. Thoroughly. The thing with Luciano's stuff, I liked it a lot, but it kind of seemed like it kind of seemed like he was he was floating around the whole se- the season. He was floating around and kind of repeating the same thing, like um, we need to make a syndicate. Yeah, uh, we need to, we need to get a commission. We need to make, to get rid of the bosses. Yeah. I loved. I don't remember the context, but the scene was they were uh, the three of them were meeting some guy at a whorehouse, basically mm-hmm. the place where they would, they would set up shop a lot. Yeah. Um, was it, it wasn't to, t- to, t- to t- the guy that got, that got killed. Was it? 
together? No. Okay. Anyway, got they were meeting somebody, but like the the other guy got there way earlier, mm-hmm. and like they were waiting for him. Yeah. He was like, he's like, I was getting my knob polished. <laughs> but uh, Luciano, just the way that he says it, like Luciano had that typical stance where he's got one hand in his pocket, he's got a cigarette in the other hand, and he was like, <laughs> he was like. What are you, 14? <laughs> it's like the way he said it. It was so great. I was like, uh-huh. what are you, 14? I just love awesome. that. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that. I liked that storyline. And I liked that how it ended, too. It was, it was really, it was really cool. Although the actual scene of, of the, for the commission, the first meeting of the, the commission, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of, like, again, it was like, you know, Luciano's been spouting off this whole idea. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, it, like it really so was. much. So many events in this sh- in this last season were very anticlimactic. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, it was just like he, he was just repeating it, and it was all, I was mm-hmm. all like, "That's it." Yeah. Um, but let's move along to to Chalky's storyline. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I I did. I liked it. Um, but I felt like it was just really. I think it lacked a f- certain focus. Anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, w- when we first see him, we see, oh, wow, he's in prison. Okay. Oh, wow, he's yeah. escaped prison. Why was he in prison? Right. Oh, he's he he came back to Nucky. Oh, it turns out he was in prison for just knocking off some stores and stuff because he was on the run or something. Yeah. And I'm like, the whole season, I'm like, okay, so he's... Okay, so basically, and this doesn't really work with the timeline of the show. It doesn't really work with the with the structure of the show. Um, although maybe it maybe it kind of does. Um, <laughs> there was a whole thing where the end of season four, um, Eli killed um, uh, uh, Brian Garrity's character, uh, uh, Tolliver, James Tolliver, the uh, uh-huh. Hoover's inside man. Um, he killed him, so that made Eli have to go on the run to go to Chicago. When Hoover meets with uh, Narcisse to flip him, he's like, an agent was just murdered, and there's a there's a he says plainly like we need a we need a black guy to take the fall for it, so that we can use that to get to Garvey to, to Marcus Garvey and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So all I'm thinking is okay. When I see Chalky in prison, immediately I think okay, seven years ago, Narcisse. Turn, like they pinned the murder of of Tolliver onto I think that's his name, uh, onto Chalky, and that's why Chalky's in prison, and that would have given so much more weight to the revenge story, mm-hmm. um, as it played out. But that's not what it was, and and I mean yeah. I guess it doesn't really fit because um, because then Eli wouldn't really have a reason to still be in Chicago. Then again, once he comes back to Atlantic City and and Nucky sees him, Nucky's like, "Why? Why are you here?" What, like, so it could have been like, "Well, maybe Nucky would have killed him." Yeah, <laughs> if he came back. But anyway, so Chalky goes through this whole kind of meanders through this this revenge story. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it was compelling enough because it was Michael K. Williams. Mm-hmm. But it was also a misuse of Michael K. Williams. Oh yeah, and and the character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, we'll 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 get to the we'll get to the our what I, what I'll call the our to the lost segment. <laughs> but we'll talk about how that ended here in a bit. Also, but um, see that that that. Let's talk about the flashbacks, and we'll oh well let's talk about Jillian first. Sorry. Okay. Um. 
Jillian's storyline was integral to the season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people thought it was too dis- disconnected. And it was so vague. It it was. I didn't care for it either. Really? Yeah. I You know, I think that I, I just like her so much as a character. I, I find her story so compelling and tragic yeah. that I was really into it just because, like, she is there because of Nucky. Like, indirectly she's there because Nucky turned her over to the pimped her out to the Commodore. Yeah. And that started this whole long line of things. Sure, she murdered an innocent guy. Yeah. Um a little bit. which is a little crazy. Banged her own son. Uh, banged her own son. But that's also just that's all part of the just the whole story of Nucky. They're they're tied together so yeah. closely. She's damaged goods. She is. And yeah. it's so it was so just not heartbreaking, but just really sad to see her in a situation where she's like, she's, she's at the end of everything. Like she's got nothing. And mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, Dr. Cotton, the, the doctor, um, he's, he's a historical character. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a show called the Nick. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I know that. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you being sarcastic? Cl- Clive Owen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess Dr. Cotton is a character in, in the show. Oh, huh, okay. Um, but his big shtick was that he thought, he felt that insanity could be cured through surgery. Ooh. So that's why they had, like, like basically just, you know, uh, horrible, horrible surgeries where he would take out organs and mm-hmm. take stuff out of women. In the sanitarium, and uh, that's I love science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and that's one of the things that I felt like they could have made Nucky and um, Jillian's meeting in the finale a little bit more, a little bigger. Um, yeah, or a little more. Like her mind is clearly gone. She's already had the operation. He's he's too late. He can't do anything. He wasn't gonna do anything. Um. To, to get her out of there after she reached out to him, which we'll get to, I guess. But it's also like, I kind of wish they would have gone like full lobotomy on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of really hit home the, the tragedy of it all. all right. Um, but I thought her time in the sanitarium was, was compelling, uh, a little, maybe a little too, like a little too much time was spent, but it, like, really? <laughs> like showing her in it and everything. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. There, I mean, what? She maybe had like six or eight scenes. They showed maybe her maybe once. Like I don't even know about once per episode. They showed her. Oh yeah, there, there were episodes where she wasn't in it. Yeah. So I. But it was just too vague, just too unaddressed. I just yeah. yeah, I was. I really didn't like it at all. Okay. I thought it was disturbing. The whole yeah. doctor wanting to just remove. Yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> that was that was cool, but. Just super disconnected from the storyline, really. Right. I, I, yeah, I didn't really care for it. Yeah. Um, Margaret, what did you think about her? <sighs> <laughs> I really didn't. I don't know. It, it, like, by themselves, they're not bad storylines. Right. But they're just, everything seems so disjointed, and, like, everything was really rushed, and... Some of it was just so vague and nondescript mm-hmm. that it just, it was just like, well, we, this is one of the most major characters from the show, so we have to do something. Yeah. Let's just do this. And it was, you could just feel it the whole season. Yeah. Um, and that was with everybody. That was with Chalky, with Jillian, with mm-hmm. Margaret, with freaking Al Capone, with <laughs> everybody. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just like, it was just so thrown together. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I thought that <sighs> Kelly McDonald was her most likable in the series. And I think that her character was written like to be likable this season, this series, uh, this likable this season. Um, because I, I, I mean, Margaret Thompson, Margaret Schroeder, whatever, she's not, there's always been kind of a disconnect with her character. Um, her storyline in season two involved her, um, maybe it was season three, uh, her with the, with the hospital, it was season three, her with the hospital with the, the, um, sex ed program thing, pretty mm-hmm. much the, um, all that prenatal care stuff. Yeah. It was interesting and it, and it provided a good historical context for the season, but it also felt a little lost, a little yeah. weird. Right. It was just a vehicle for Nucky making a bunch of money in the end. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and then in this, are you talking about this season? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was confused. Her storyline um, this season. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I liked that there was some good character stuff between the two of them. There was mm-hmm. some, some good chemistry. Yeah. And she was like, I'll just say it. She was really hot this season. <laughs> like, I was just like, that's like, yeah, this is a Margaret I could get behind. I was going to say, I, <laughs> I was going to say get behind and then I was going to go so much farther. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and it somehow made it even worse that I paused right before I said that. But yeah, anyway, she was really she was good in those scenes, and I liked her back and forth with with uh, Joseph Kennedy and all that stuff. But I don't know. I, I I thought that you know, sure, probably a little bit more less time could have been spent. Yeah. Uh, on her, but and I like that they were, they tried to at least. Um, make uh uh arnold rothstein matter to the show yeah (laughs) to the last season yeah yeah but it still kind of felt like they kind of dropped it a little bit or they kind of fumbled it a little bit or made it not interesting yeah um so yeah we're kind of running through all these all these threads let's let's get to the nucky the nucky of it all (laughs) uh past and present really yeah um that was his storyline with the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of the season by far. Nice. Um, Very nice. I just, man, it was just great. I mean, it was, and it was stuff that they had mentioned in passing in the, the, the previous seasons, just lines of dialogue, like, you know, oh, Nucky was the sheriff at one point. And, yeah. Oh, he delivered Jillian to the Commodore. And right. it was just, it was just mentioned in passing, but we don't have much, just sort of, they were stories used for context. They weren't very yeah. specific. And so to see them played out, even though we know what was going to happen, just informed the characters so much, the characters that we had come to know. Yeah. Um, that I just latched onto it. And just anytime that they, they just snapped back to young, young Nucky, I was mm-hmm. like, all right, that like, nice. that really caught my attention and kept me going throughout the last season. Yeah. That was really well done. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I, li- I liked it a lot. I liked the flashbacks a lot. I thought that they gave some really great background on Nucky. A lot it made it m- him more gave him more of a of three dimensional character trait and his motivation f- throughout the entire series, as as it were, 
it kind of came to light because it showed his origin. Like he's he come like his family life was horrible. He like mm-hmm. he latched onto the idea of working for the Commodore because he was in pursuit of like riches and and, right. and power and all that. But I also felt like that in itself, this whole idea that was kind of presented, not necessarily out of nowhere, but it was presented in its clearest form in this season that Nucky is a money hungry guy who as, as Joe Harper slash Tommy Darmody said, money is his answer to everything. Yeah. And that kind of felt like that kind of felt like they were scrambling to find his, his big character flaw. They throughout like Hmm. last season. I don't know. Well, Okay, last season, in season four, it felt like, okay, okay. let me go back further, actually. Season two ended with Nucky killing Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And it was his first time killing someone. It, it, it's, it was a big, a big moment because this is the character that told him in the pilot episode, you can't be half a gangster. And this is basically him becoming a full on gangster. Mm-hmm. And then season three had some, like it opened with him being more ruthless. It opened with them beating the hell out of this guy tied to a chair who, who stole from him. Yeah. And so in like the way that I remember the scene ending up is that there, he's talking very cool, very casual with him. He's like, Oh yes. Okay. So you're a thief. And, uh, and I guess your job is a thief. That's, that's understand. I understand. And Mickey, what's your job? Your job is to run the, is to run the warehouse and all that. And you left the door unlocked. You didn't do your job. And so he kind of gets this guy into this false sense of security. And he's like, Oh yeah, go ahead and untie him and then shoot his fucking brains out and they murder him and they kill him. Yeah. And it's awesome. And it's also somewhat repeated later in the season because he is in, he's in a warehouse with this kid who is basically who they've found all of their stolen liquor. Actually, now that I think of it, he's, he's actually the, he's actually the, um, the second guy of that first guy. Like he's like, there was a two man operation. They finally oh, yeah. found that guy. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, so they find him. They have an entire like bottle episode that a lot of people weren't really that crazy about, where he and Owen are basically trapped in this warehouse while the feds and the prohees are are sweeping it for for them. And so they're talking. They're the guy. The kid's a charismatic little kid, like fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very he's very charming and all that stuff. And then he's like. Uh, he basically agrees like like Nucky's like yeah yeah you know maybe you should, maybe you can work for me or whatever and then like i just remember that that scene is it's such it's they're both really cool scenes but um Owen's just like all right yeah i guess we're going to i guess he's going to work for us so Owen like looks out the window and he's like all right well Eddie's pulling up or whatever and then the kid's like who's Eddie and then just like before he can even finish saying it Nucky just just pulls the trigger and shoots his head off <laughs> and it's just like it's like season from season two to season three. It's like a big jump. Nucky is just a gangster guy, but then that kind of falls off. Season four, it's this weird like in between where he's like, "Well, I don't really feel like being a gangster anymore. I kind of want to get out." And it's kind of just this abrupt kind of change of character, change of heart for the character. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it's kind of muddled. So I feel like going into season five, it's like, okay, well we couldn't really make him. He didn't really fit in as like a gangster. He wasn't really, now he wants to get out and be 
legitimate, but okay, well, he has these young gangsters going after him, so that's that's some good stuff. Uh, you know what? Why don't we make his whole his whole arc for the series be him him being greedy? And I mean, I know that it's that's very that's a very obtuse way to look at it, I guess, or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's also that's just how I felt about it. It was kind of a character. The show was a character study of Nucky that became an ensemble, and in the in in the process they lost sight of the story of nucky that they were telling nucky became a, li- a less popular a less popular storyline in the show and because of that they lacked a focus on what his character arc was that's a good point yeah yeah so well you just kind of nailed that <laughs> oh thank you yeah I, I can't really add to that <laughs> yeah so and, and i mean i don't mind that they that they established this whole greedy side to him because i mean in the grand scheme of things it it fits i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of a broad kind of stroke yeah a broad stroke kind of kind of character trait like and he and it fits well with the series because he's always been wanting to get more money he's always been wanting to do more even though he's at the end of at the end of a lot of times he's like why did we why like at the end of season three when he's talking to eli he's like why did we make this get so big and why did we why mm-hmm. did we like they they have this really good scene where they're like working on a on a car outside of the warehouse where they're hiding out from Jip, uh, Jip Rossetti and his guys, and they're like, "Why did we get this so big? And why why did why did why would this why is this operation so big? Like he actually says like Why are they doing this so much? And it's like that's not really the that's not really something that someone who whose arc throughout the series is is greed and wanting all the money, all the monies. Um, that's not something that one of those characters would say. It's something that, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. hard to explain. Well, I explained it, but right. So yeah, but anyway, the flashbacks were great um, mm-hmm. because it shows some much needed, like just background on the character. And like you said, there were, there were stuff shown that we've known about and then we've, that they've talked about the stuff with his father, his, uh, his dying sister, um, his wife, his wife, which, that in the finale was kind of weird to me. Um, yeah. Because in season one, there's this great, like, this is like the scene that should have gotten Steve Buscemi and Emmy. Um, he's talking to Margaret, like, see, episode nine of season one, I think. He's talking to Margaret, and Margaret's like wanting him to speak to him, like, like be open and honest with him and stuff like that. And he basically recounts to her the story of Mabel and, and the kid. Um, Enoch Jr., um, who she he basically they had the baby and and he, I can't remember exactly, but it was something like she she got really distant from him from Nucky and she got he was he was busy or something and he came back and she was very strange and it turns out that she that he had died that the that the baby had died in the crib. And she had been caring for him for like two days and he started to like rot and stuff like that and Jeez. smell. And it, she had an emotional breakdown and ended up killing herself. Mm-hmm. So when they showed her pregnant in the show, in the flashbacks, I was like, okay, this is kind of weird for the time frame because I thought that was later. But maybe they're going to, you know, jump ahead a little bit and show that at the end too. Mm-hmm. But then they had that, that scene where it's basically an imply that um, – implying that it's a miscarriage and all that, which makes sense because maybe they'll, they'll try more and it's the implication that they'll try more and everything is uh, evident, but it kind of seemed a little, a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but and and the stuff with the, with young Jillian was really good too, in, in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was. yeah, and uh, uh, Mark Pickering, I think, I think is his name. The guy that plays young, like like Deputy Thompson, mm-hmm. dead ringer for Steve Buscemi. He was remarkably good. Yeah, and just the nuances of his performance, like he he like he got he got to the meat of. Buscemi, Buscemi's performance, mm-hmm. and it was so, so, so strong. Yeah, and like you said with uh, with Travis Tope, I mean, he came in, he came in, took the reins of a character that we've had for four seasons, right. and all that, and he just knocked it out of the park. And and the younger, younger, younger version of of him by uh, Nolan Lyons, I think is his name. He was great too, mm-hmm. but Mark Pickering is the one that really shined. Yeah, in the flashbacks, definitely. Yeah. Um, so let let's get to just uh, the deaths, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we're probably gonna want to end this up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, let's just run through run through them pretty much. Yeah. This isn't really in a in <laughs> kind of like they did on the show. Pretty much. <laughs> it's, this isn't really in any. This is in just order of how I like. I wasn't that interested in. Um, Roseanne Arquette. Yeah. Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Roseanne Arquette. Is that another actress? Yeah. Yeah. From Anyway. Patricia Arquette. Um, I wasn't really that interested in her character death. It felt like they were just kind Didn't of... Didn't care. Yeah. It, it kind of felt like a throwaway thing. Like, okay, well, we need to trim the... We need to trim the cast a little bit. Yeah. Um, We've only, got eight, we've only got eight episodes. Let's just get rid of this one. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of this character. And yeah. I mean, and she like she was a strong character, and I, I didn't really really like the character that much from season four. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was she was integral to to Nucky's Cuban deal and all that stuff. Right. Um. But yeah, oh God, there's a lot of death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tonino, Tonino, Tatino, whatever. Uh, the guy that uh, um. Nucky met with in like episode two or three. He was he was the one that was getting his his uh, his knob polished. Okay, I think he uh, he's the one that Archie ends up cutting his ear off and delivering him to. Uh, that was such a cre- cool scene. Yeah, uh, they drop the body off out, outside of Luciano and Lansky, and uh, he's got like like he's got his ear cut off and a knife in his like chest or something that's that pins a uh, postcard or whatever from from Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so his death was cool because he he's a character that that was it's funny to me because I don't know if you remember Tiny, but season three he was like Jip's Jip Rosetti's like right hand man. Yeah. And he basically turned on Jip because Jip murdered his cousin with a shovel hmm. after burying him up to his neck in sand. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, such a cool scene. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, so he turned on Jip, and then he basically like they like Nucky even references it in uh, in this season that he's like, yeah, your allegiance really isn't you know you're kind of you kind of wander around or whatever. So yeah. he gets him to explain to him that Luciano is is coming after him. But what I loved about it is that they the they're in a diner or a restaurant and stuff, and like Nucky's bodyguard is standing by and all that, and then they're like talking and everything, and then Nucky gets up after the conversation's done. And he he hands some money to the waiter, and the waiter comes up and whispers. I think he like he says something to something to the guy, and he like points to 
uh, a drawing of Billy Kent, the the showgirl that mm-hmm. got blowed up in season three. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so cool because you're like, okay, well, yeah, you know that he's dead. Like, he's dead now because, yeah. you know, this is all revenge for that. But, um, so anyway, so that death was cool. Um, Archie and Mickey in the penultimate episode. Um, yeah. Archie being the bodyguard and Mickey, of course, being Mickey. <laughs> I thought that was a proper send off for Mickey because it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying to make a deal at the worst possible time. <laughs> And I love that Luciano's just, like he said, like, shut the fuck up, and then shot him. It's like, Mickey Doyle is a character that needed to be shot in the throat to die. <laughs> like, shooting him in the throat is the proper way for that character to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What did you think about Chalky's death? Uh, it's a big point of contention for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. It, it just seems, it seemed very meaningless. Mm-hmm. Just... Just meaningless. I, I mean, his life didn't have much meaning at that point because he had lost everything, literally yeah. everything in his life. Um, but still, I, I think his death could have meant something. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, I guess it did to an extent. He kind of worked out that deal with Narcisse that he would do whatever for daughter Maitland. Yeah. But it just, it seemed like, I don't know, It seemed it seemed a little useless and... I hate to keep harping on this term, but anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah. it it did. It it was trimming the cast, like yeah. I said, trimming and it was and it happened in in a in a, in an episode that also saw the death of Van Alden. So it was like mm-hmm. both major characters from the beginning of the series were killed off in separate separate storylines, um, and it was kind of like they were competing competing a little bit yeah. for our for our just responses, our, right. our reaction. And it was also, I mean, yeah, sure. He he ensured the future of daughter and and his his estranged or his uh, his illegitimate daughter, heavily implied. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also like he didn't get the revenge he was seeking. And I I mean I understand maybe that's not the point that that he's that him not getting the revenge is is to show growth of him because wanting vengeance or wanting wanting to kill. Narcisse is what got his daughter killed in the first place, and it's right. character growth for him. But it's also like, you know, just, ugh, I don't know. Do something better. Yeah, and <laughs> it's ultimately kind of meaningless because Narcisse gets killed off in, in a couple episodes after that. So, again, so needlessly. Yeah. And it's just, basically it was just Luciano's crew tying, tying up loose ends, right? Yeah. That's basically all it was. And it was the writer's telegraphing that so hard because they tried to they tried to make it seem like oh are they gonna put a hit out on on nucky but it's like yeah that was so heavy-handed it was it was like ham-fisted ham-fisted yeah and it was just like like yeah just get two guys do it in broad daylight so so that so that they get the message and then it's like oh is it gonna be nucky and i'm like i think at the time i was writing notes for the review that i wrote and i was like I was like, okay, and like in the notes, I was like, they're clearly trying to get us to think that they're going after Nucky, right. but I'm like, no, because I mean, they, he already gave them the gave them Atlantic City. I mm-hmm. mean, whatever. So that, and then uh, who else? Stephen Wright just had a whole. That's the actor, right? Stephen Wright. Stephen no, right? No, which which actor? Narcisse. Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Had such a lackluster season. He did. Not to his discredit, to the writer's discredit. Honestly, if it wasn't for the loose end of Chalky seeking revenge and and not tying up that, or if if it wasn't for the fact that they needed to tie up a major character, like 
Chalky is a major character. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to have Narcisse in the season. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, especially since they weren't going to follow through with the storyline that they embedded in the season four finale with him. Yeah. But, yeah, so Van Alden probably had my favorite death of the season. <laughs> um, yeah. Which uh, I can sense that you weren't that impressed. Yeah, uh, it's anticlimactic. I, you know, he he had his little, he spouted off his little proselytization at the end mm-hmm. there. I am Van Alden, whatever the hell he said. But then I don't know. I, I gotta disagree with you. I loved that scene. Really? Yeah, because it is it encompasses exactly what van alden is he is and i said last year he was like a caged animal in all of season three and all that stuff but it's more that he is a guy who's struggling with his 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 like very um aggressively religious stand like religious and an authority figure kind of thing from, from when he was a prohibition agent. And Mm -hmm. from then after that, it's kind of like, he's just, he's just neutered throughout the whole series. And there's little, little bits and pieces where it's like, he, he flirts with, with becoming a gangster and he, he, um, he gets for lack of a better word, picked on by coworkers at his little (laughs) sales agency and stuff. And he lashes out like a little bit, like there's a scene where, uh, the, the iron scene with, with, uh, the character that he ends up killing a season later or whatever. Um, where, where he presses the iron to the guy's face. They filmed it. Like it looks like onlookers of a, of a, of a, uh, an exotic animal exhibit. It's like they're in fear because he's like an animal, but, but he keeps going back to just being neutered and being like this, this caged beast and all that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then, and then this season it was like, okay, he knows that he's going to die. He might as well unleash Van Alden on Al Capone. Well, he doesn't. He should have had a blaze of glory death. And that was just, he yelled a little bit and got, got executed essentially. That's about as much of a blaze of glory death as I think they could have done with him. Yeah. Because in that situation, at least, because, I felt like that was a that was a and and I said in the review for that episode that man Shea Wiggum almost overshadowed him um hmm. his big moment because if you remember Shea Wiggum uh, Eli's like he's like yeah I remember yeah yeah his like, reaction to it yeah it was yeah. great but I don't know I, I loved it I loved it hmm. um but you mentioned all these things that were amazing <laughs> the, the iron to the guy's face and yeah when he killed a bunch of people when he drowned the other probie agent that was working with him in season one uh that was some blaze of glory type literally taking people out doing crazy stuff this was him yelling in a guy's face for a few seconds and then getting executed i really didn't it it felt lackluster as hell to me teach their own (laughs) i i yeah i sure i teach their own um but yeah, so that so that was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one of my favorite scenes of the series. Really? Yeah, really. Jeez. It was just it was so so great. Um to Whatever. me. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, so who who else? Is there anyone else or should we, should we go to Nucky? Not notable. Yeah, not notable. Uh I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but I, I know. I don't think so. Yeah. So let's get to the big moment of the of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Tommy Darmody um, and Nucky. <laughs> it, like we said earlier on the podcast, it it was telegraphed way too much. It was way, way, way too obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual scene, I liked a lot. The yeah. intercutting between that and, and him, his original sin of giving Jillian off uh, to the Commodore was great. And I, I kind of I I loved the dialogue. I loved I loved the way Tommy revealed himself. He's like, just like Meemaw used to used to talk about you, and I could never tell if it was with love or with hate. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind it's it's unique because you would think that it's that he's doing that to avenge Jimmy, but it's also like I mean it's he ruined he's ruined three generations of this of this family. Yeah. Um, Plus. His mom's death was um, uh, attributable to, sure. to, to Nucky as well. Sure. Yeah. So he he's just destroyed this family. So right. yeah. But I and I I, I kind of love the reaction when Nucky's been Nucky throughout the season was kind of a, a um dep- not depressed but kind of just this kind of like oh, I'm so sick of this kind of. Yeah, character kind of thing. Um, and when he says that, he, when he's like, "I'm Tommy, D- Tommy Darmody," like he, he almost gets a smile. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he knows that he's about to die or or what, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting choice. It's kind of an ambiguous reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love the scene. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Um. And again, it was a little too. It was just a little too. Uh, overt of a callback to to season two because I mean he he shoots him he shoots him in mid sentence which which is fine yeah. but then like when he puts the puts the one bullet in in his face at the exact like yeah. the exact place where Jimmy was shot exactly. I'm like yeah that's a bit much no, just a little bit much yeah um yeah yeah but yeah the juxtaposition between that it was a beautiful sequence it was yeah. it was beautiful right. um. I just kind of wish I didn't think of it or I didn't assume that there, I didn't wonder if they were going to do that a year ago. Yeah. Um, so we've just about exhausted the last season. We have. <laughs> the yeah. Topics on the last season. So. And we're running long too. Yeah. So what do you think the legacy of the show will be? I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> um, you know, I, I went to Dayton, Ohio to visit some friends three weeks ago. Yeah. And I mentioned like, oh, Boardwalk Empire is about to end and all that or whenever it was. And John, of, of your and John, my friends, your and John, John was like, oh, great. Now I can watch it <laughs> knowing that it was going to end. So I'm like – and with HBO announcing that they're going to they're gonna release a standalone stream streaming service that's completely uh, – independent of cable and everything like which is deserving of a podcast in and of itself but with that i i feel like i think people are going to discover this after mm-hmm. like after after it's easily accessible to them yeah and, and maybe that's for the best because this show was not a show that really was uh conducive to episode to episode week to week viewing uh-huh. um and I feel like that's that's just I I hope that it'll have a second life after after it's over now right. now that it's over. Um, How do you feel the last season affected that sentiment though? 
that sentiment of people wanting to find people it. finding it in the future, it having um, a having like a cult following in the future, if you will, almost like the wire. You know, I feel like there was so little fanfare for this show's final season mm-hmm. that, regardless of the final season's length, uh, structure, uh, time jumpiness, <laughs> regardless of all those factors, I don't think there was enough. Um, there was enough talked about the show to warrant people to warrant those factors dissuading people from from finding it. I think people are okay. going to be like, yeah, I think people are going to be like, oh, hey, there's a gangster drama hmm. um, set in the set in Prohibition era yeah. Atlantic City. Let's check it out. Mm-hmm. Why has no one watched it? Why did See, it- I, I feel like I, I don't think it'll I think the final season will will ruin that to an extent. Really? A little bit, because I feel like, because I, I couldn't help but think of the show like The Wire. No one watched it while it was on the air, mm-hmm. but it was remarkably good, and mm-hmm. then people just found it later, and word of mouth just spread like wildfire. I think people are going to be sitting there and watching the first four seasons and be like, man, this is freaking amazing. Why did nobody watch this? And then they're going to get to the fifth season and just be like, oh, well, it didn't end very well. And it just wasn't that good. And so they'll tell people, like, as opposed to, like, with the wire, people were like, "It's the best thing ever. You have to watch it, or you're not a person." Uh, <laughs> you know, with, but with this, I think they're going to be like, "Well, you know, uh, like four out of the five seasons were really good, but the fifth season it didn't end that well." And I don't think it's going to spread like wildfire as a result of that. Right. I, I don't think it'll be wire level proportions. Although I will yeah. say that a lot of people hate season five of the wire. Do they? Yeah, because they feel like the and the serial kill, serial killer storyline. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say about it. Uh, they feel like that was just really, really awful. Hmm. I loved it. Um, yeah, I liked it too. But anyway, hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. There's really no telling. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell what's going to take off and what's not. Yeah, I don't know how it will play. The final season will will play to people discovering the show. Yeah, uh, and then it'll be interesting to see how how people react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I at the at the end of the last season, at the end of season four, mm-hmm. the previous season. Yeah, I, I wanted it to have, despite my what I said earlier of I think five seasons is perfect. This show could have been phenomenal through seven seasons. I think, I think anything more than that would have been too much, mm-hmm. and we would have just gotten gotten tired of it a little bit. Um, but I, I think if it if it had done that full prophecy and skipped little bits of time here and there, yeah. and still you know strung it out over thirty six episodes or so. Uh, or 39 that could have been epic and it yeah. would have been one of the great shows mm-hmm. that you would mention amongst the wire and lost and the sopranos and uh, stuff like that yeah but i i think i don't know i just feel like this this last season almost sort of took it out of the running at best it's towards the bottom of that list huh interesting yeah I will agree with you, although I won't say it was the last season that would do it. I, I think I'll, I'll go back to the whole uh, lack of focus on, on the story, uh, on the mm. character, Nucky, and, and all that. Like that whole explanation I did. I think that's what That's will, fair, yeah. yeah. I think people will, will – observant viewers of the show – that people people who people who absorb all the stuff that's in the show, I think that they'll notice the 
notice the things that I noticed in, in rewatching it. That's a good um, point. Very yeah, important. and it, it won't be because they won't be experiencing it as a week to week yearly thing like we did. Mm-hmm. They'll be experiencing it like they'll binge watch two seasons in in like a couple days. Yeah, and they'll see the cracks. Right. Um, yeah. I I couldn't as I was watching the show over the last five years, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but compare a lot of it to um, the Sopranos. Which yeah. was also run by Terrence Winter. Right. I was going to ask you how you felt about because uh, I feel like people have said that Boardwalk Empire kind of lives in the shadow of, of The Sopranos. It does, and I, I think it's just I think it's just because of the popularity of The Sopranos, which I think The Sopranos is substantially overrated. Um, it is a good show. I think people sh- people who are big TV buffs should watch the show. Um, it is it is a good show, mm-hmm. but people consider. I think people discuss it amongst those best sh- the best shows of all time. Right. And I don't think it quite belongs in there. Maybe a top twenty, but not a top ten. Okay. Um, but it's interesting when the, the what you said about you know the, the sh- that Boardwalk was supposed to be this this character study of Nucky Thompson, but it kind of got away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly to the detriment of the show overall. Um, it's kind of an opinion, but you know, whatever. Um, but Sopranos was very much a character study of Tony Soprano. Right. And they stuck to that through six seasons very well. And I, I don't think it was anywhere near as satisfying as what Boardwalk could have been if okay. they had had their time, I think. Cause I agree with you that they didn't really want to end it after five seasons, right. especially with eight episodes. Um, if they could have had their time to play everything out how they wanted to, I think Boardwalk would massively overshadow The mm-hmm. Sopranos. And I think it's even now, it's still, I, th- I think it's still a little bit better. Nice. Um, I, I, pr- I prefer Boardwalk to Sopranos, just okay. personally. Cool. I haven't, yeah. I haven't been able to watch Sopranos. There's, there's a lot of similarities between the shows, though. There's right. A lot of similarities. Steve Buscemi was in both of them. Right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. The a big, such a big part of of Boardwalk Empire was Nucky's land deal that would become uh, the New Jersey Turnpike, mm-hmm. which is what Tony Soprano drives on every every episode of Sopranos in the open, in the yeah. opening credits. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so just a little funny little connection. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, anything else we should talk about? Any? No, no. <laughs> no I, I really wish this could have been more a of a bit, celebration. A bit, yeah, thank yeah. you. That's perfect. I yeah. wish it could have been more of a celebration, but it was more of an apology. Yeah, almost. Uh, you know, you kind of have to defend the show now. Yeah, as, as a fan of it, you have to defend pieces of it, which is unfortunate because. If they had been able to deliver their vision, you shouldn't have had to apologize for it. Yeah. Or, you know, defend your opinion, I guess. Yeah. If I could reference our own podcast, <laughs> this has become, this is something that should have been a House of Cards bonus episode, yeah. but instead is a ha- almost to the level, not, not really on the same level, but How I Met Your Mother series finale episode. Right. It's something that it, there was so much potential for the show to be great. And it was great for a lot of it. A mm-hmm. lot of it was really great. I mean, I will say it is one of the best looking and best produced and best shot shows oh, I've yeah. seen. Without a question. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, a, a lack of direction and in, in the storytelling that, mm-hmm. that ultimately suffers and a lack of uh, um, planning, I guess. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I failed to say that I think part of why 
television fans mm-hmm. didn't latch onto the show as much. I think is because it's such a cinematic show. Because mm-hmm. you could almost you can almost look at each episode as a small movie. Because it's just I mean, that's that's a symptom of premium cable. You get a oh, yeah. you, get, you get a full fifty eight, fifty nine minutes episode. It's almost a movie, you yeah. know? So it's almost feature length. And I think it's just that's just less it's less consumable in that mm-hmm. format. Um I uh, reference my opinion of the sh- latest Sherlock TV show, mm-hmm. which is an hour and a half episode. Right, I, I think it's just too. It's just not episodic, and so yeah. I think it's. I don't think that's a flaw of the show. No, I just think it's it's a different trait of it no. that people might not be quite as receptive to who are used to a twenty-two minute The Big Bang Theory episode. You know what I mean? Right. With commercials and yeah, that's yeah. definitely not the demographic that Boardwalk <laughs> wants to yeah, attract. Yeah, d- demographics. Anymore. There you go. Yeah. But yeah. So it's. I think that's. It's ultimately a detriment to the show, but it's not a flaw of the show. It's it's a flaw of the audience, really. Right. Yeah. And and the show is such a slow burn too. Yes. The the each season, save for the final season, um, and even elements of the final season, yeah. is like this. But it's uh, it basically. 10 episodes of, of setup, build up, mm-hmm. um, uh, character, character development, stuff like that. Yeah. And then it really ramps up in the last three, four episodes of the season. Two, you have to be dedicated. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, and, it, and the payoff is always really, really oh, good. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to go through every season, but I mean, right. just like the one that immediately jumps to mind is the whole war with Chip Rossetti in season oh, four yeah. or season three. Um, I mean that just pays off so well. I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard Harrow yeah. in the in the brothel thing, but Gosh, that was amazing. So great. But what I think it, it, what I think it is is that television audiences they they can be receptive to slow burn shows. I mean right. Cult uh, uh, the 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 Wire became a cult classic. Sure, it didn't have the viewing of while it was airing and all that, but mm-hmm. people have, are attracted to the Wire, and it's it's a slower burn than. Um, than Boardwalk Empire. But I think the fundamental difference is that The Wire is a social commentary and they have that to play off of. Boardwalk Empire is a slow burn gangster show. It's... Yeah. It's kind of... doesn't really work that well in in that respect. Right, right. But I will say power watching the entire series in a month is really cool. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I'll probably shelf the series for a little while mm-hmm. and come back to it in a year or two. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I think maybe when the season five Blu-ray comes out, I'll check out the special features because the special features are amazing on all, nice. the, all the discs. Yeah. And I kind of want to check out the commentary tracks, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. I think well, that about does it. Yeah. I think, yeah. Man, we talked about that. You talked about we did. that. <laughs> No, you you have a much better comprehensive, uh, you know, relationship with the show right. than I do. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's worth noting as a final thought: this is one of the first, one of the only TV shows that I can say I saw it. I started it mm-hmm. the second that it premiered, and I followed it through. Every single week, well, a couple of weeks I let it build up here and there, but yeah, right. I followed it every week for five years. Yeah, and 
it's it just took five years to watch the show. Yeah, yeah, which a lot of people don't watch shows that way anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. it's I'm someone who waits for, uh, two seasons before uh, I pick up a show because I'm afraid it'll get canceled. Right, right. Um, yeah. So it's just it's it's interesting to me that mm-hmm. something like that can happen. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that about does it. We're we're gonna throw it to the. Uh, uh, to the to the pre-recorded outros. Uh, real quick, I just want to say that we have lined up for the podcast coming up. We have um, a, 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 what is the next one? <laughs> Favorite movie dialogue, which is mm-hmm. going to be fun to record. And then it we're is. also going to do yes. And then we're also going to do an episode dedicated to Interstellar, which just came out. Uh, that's going to be a fun one, man. It is. I'm looking um, forward to that one. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, on the blog we still have decade reviews coming out from my reviews of movies that I reviewed a decade ago re-reviewed now. Um, <laughs> Those are so much fun, so, dude. Yeah, I, they're so, I'm so nervous. It's, I know it's at the expense of your ego. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but those are fun. They're, it's so, it's, it's bad. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And I'm getting the chance to check out some really cool movies that I, 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 I like I just watched, this is a total tangent and I'll throw it to the, to the outro after this, but, um, Re rewatching Stray Dog, which is going to post on Sunday or tomorrow. It'll be posted on the website by the time you hear this. Um, Stray Dog, the Kurosawa movie from '49. Uh, rewatching that, I'm like, I have all of these Akira Kurosawa DVDs from when I was a douchebag, pretentious teenager who <laughs> who just bought up all the uh, all, all the Criterion Collection editions. <laughs> Of the uh, of movies of this Japanese filmmaker because I wanted to be a film snob and everything. Yeah. But watching it, I'm like, oh my god, he's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm like, I think next year I want to just take all of those DVDs and like review each one. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. So yeah. Anyway, so thank you for listening, guys. Uh, let us know what you think of the episode and of the final season of Boardwalk Empire, the series as a whole, its legacy. Uh, in in the HBO pantheon of television, right. um, and also let us know what you thought about not Tommy Darmody, yeah, <laughs> that whole thing, uh, yeah, All right, yeah. So we'll miss you, Boardwalk. Yep, to the lost, to the lost. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP is called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and Eclipse of Events. Please head over to iTunes and download their album. While you're there, make sure to give us a rate and a review. It helps us climb the podcast charts and we really appreciate feedback. Speaking of feedback, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer and follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me, Tiny, at Obsessive Tiny, Matt is at Obsessive Viewer, and Mike is at I am Mike White. You can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, where we, but mostly Matt, review movies, TV shows, and comment on the industry as a whole. While you're web surfing, please head over to our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, where we review books and comment on the ever evolving world of reading. If you're philosophically curious, please go explore my side project, The Secular Perspective Podcast, which is a show that explores the concept of faith, religion, and existence from a secular perspective. 
If you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future episodes, you can also email us individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or email the podcast directly at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Thanks for joining us today, and please come back. <laughs>